So I think a lot of people get too caught up in like what they look like and instead of like how they can use their body to be a better human, pretty yeah. much. Welcome back to another episode of the Plan D podcast. I am so excited for this week's guest. Um, I always saw her at the gym and at the track when I was in college. This week I have on Georgia Ellenwood. She's an eight-time All-American, 2018 NCAA champion in the HEP, and she is also just an amazing person, artist, girl in general like she has so much so many wise things to say I'm so excited to have her on we discuss her journey moving to the United States we talk about some struggles she went through in college in terms of injuries and just things that kind of brought her down but then ended up being the reason she is where she is today and I could not be more excited to get into the body image stuff um, about performance over image and how sometimes the weight that you think society deems looks the best isn't the best for being an Olympic athlete like she is. So I'm really excited to get into this episode. She should be at the Olympic trials right now, but unfortunately due to the global pandemic, those have been pushed back, Um, but she is still training. She's doing her best at home and we kind of talk about how to stay fit during quarantine as well. So without further ado, welcome Georgia Ellenwood. How was your trip? Yeah, it was, I mean, I did like a, I got, when I came back here, first of all, I came back to Vancouver, not expecting this whole thing to happen, obviously. And then I had plans to go to San Diego and then back to Madison for training and all that. Um, And then luckily I was here when this all happened and they were like, stay home kind of thing, or all Canadians come back to Canada. And so um, I was just happy to like be here anyways. So I didn't have to, to travel back home or anything. Um, and then all the stuff blew up with like the Olympics being canceled and then postponement and like all this stuff. So now I'm just like chilling. Like, I don't, I mean, (laughs) it's off season. So I think we're all a little bit confused. Everyone that was training so hard for the Olympics is now kind of like, well, what do we do with all this time? Um, it's, it's been fun. I mean, I, I'm keeping busy. Oh, so you like literally can't come back even if you wanted to. No. And that's really scary because. I have my stuff in my apartment in Madison. Oh. And so like, I, it's, it gives me so much anxiety to know like all my plants are dead and like everything is dead. So I know. My, it is what it is. It's, that sucks though. Cause you were probably mm-hmm. thinking you'd be back and you just left a bunch of stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't bring anything and it's like going to get sunny here too. And I don't have any of my clothes really. I'm oh. literally wearing right now. <laughs> I know. I look terrible. I wish you could see me, but you can't. Yeah. But then again, it's probably a good thing. Um, <laughs> I'm doing like that. So what do you, how do you work out then? Cause didn't, did you have a coach in Madison or were you just doing your own thing? Yeah. I trained with the team and a couple other professionals, um, with like the coach that I had in college. Um, and so we had like a good setup, a good routine. And I, uh, still use the facilities I used when I was in college. And now I'm like in the transition period where I think I want a new situation. So I've been talking to different coaches and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know, it, it's all up in the air right now, but I am keeping fit. Like that's literally all I can ask myself right now. So yeah. just doing, trying to be creative, my workouts, like I run, 
um, that's easy. You just step outside and run, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the weights and stuff, like I only have limited weights, so it's really hard to keep the muscle on. Um, yeah. uh, and then like doing obviously the technical training, I don't have any access to hurdles or high jump pits or even <sighs> a track right now. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's just, you just, having the motivation to do something every day is so hard right now. And I'm sure you work out too. Like, do you find it really hard to motivate yourself? Literally the last two weeks. Like usually I look forward to going to the gym, throwing some weight around, but the Mm -hmm. last few weeks, like since I've been doing these stupid basement workouts and like (laughs) just like stuff that I keep doing over and over again, because I don't have high enough weights, I'm getting so unmotivated. I just like don't even want to work out anymore. That's yeah, not even like fun. It. If you have a passion for it, it's fun. You're like, oh, I can do something new today, or I can get better today, or I can work on this weakness, yeah. or whatever. And now it's just like, I'm literally just a robot doing it to stay in shape. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, I, it would be nice if you had like even a workout partner, but that's barely like something you can do right now. I know. So, just have someone that like forces you to meet up with them yeah. and do it. Cause right now I'm just like, everything is at home. So when I'm in chill mode, I'm not in gym mode. I'm just I, yeah, exactly. so tired. I wake up. I don't know about you, but I wake up early to walk the dog. So like, well, like 7:45. Oh yeah. And then I like get back and I sit down and then I'm, I chill for like two more hours. Like, well, what's the point of waking up early then if I'm not being productive? I know. I know. I'm so on that schedule. I wake up early no matter what I do. Even if I go to bed late, I wake up early. And I'm just yeah. like, why? There's nothing to do. do nothing for another hour. Oh, so when were the Olympics supposed to be then? End of July, beginning of August of 2020. So oh I would be competing. I'm, I was supposed to go to Italy at the end of April. And then I would be in... Uh, Austria, like right now, to compete <sighs> if everything is going to plan. And yeah. then I would go to like Spain and like all these different places to qualify. But it's oh. weird to think of that now to like know that I would be in like full intensity, like mid season. And um, it's just, yeah. But I'm, I'm come to terms with it. I'm not like miserable every day. You know, if you dwell on it, it's not that good. So, yeah. It's yeah. just like hard when you probably got all anxious for it already like it was coming up so you had all your energy into it you trained super hard like that is like the worst thing ever when you do something like that and then it gets canceled and I've never had that happen with the Olympics for me because I am not (laughs) but but it's like yeah all that anxiety that builds up and then it's just like I'd rather just do it now (laughs) oh yeah and and you try and peak for like a certain time and all athletes are like, oh, the Olympics is at this time this year. Like they ingrain it into their brain. So like their yeah. cycles of training is so regimented to get to that point. And so when something messes it up, you're kind of like, hey, where do I go from here? Um, but, you know, I think, I think you need to, or we need to think of this time for anyone in any situation, not just Olympics, but uh, if it ruins your plans, which I'm sure it has for almost every single person, yeah. um, you think of it just like given more time to either be creative or to explore something that you haven't before, or maybe it's just a sign that like 
you need more time to get your ish together. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to look at it as. I'm like, maybe I should just like focus on getting really healthy or like focus on recovery or like something that I didn't before and then come back that much stronger next year. Right. Instead of looking at it like, oh, dang, I wish it was this year, you know, because it's never good for your mental health to think like that. So I agree. And I, like you said, we've never had more time to do the things that we haven't tried yet. So I feel like picking something, I mean, I, like when I work out, I, I rarely stretch after, like, I don't, I don't take the time to do good recovery things. So like you said, it's just all the more time for those kinds of things and they can help in the long run too. Yeah. Have you been cooking at all? Oh yeah. That is all (laughs) I do. I eat. (laughs) I know. I know. I'm like, I should work out so I can like bake banana bread or like bake something. I know. I know. I've been eating so much. Yeah. But at least it gets me outside and run. I used to run, um, cross country and track and then got into weightlifting. Cause I was like, Oh, my joints, they hurt so bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, it's starting to come back with me running. Cause there's nothing else, but yeah, but it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least we're runners so we can go outside and and just run like I'm yeah. sure everyone walking stuff but at least we have something I like I've been enjoying just going on runs and actually exploring places that I haven't before like just around yeah. my neighborhood or whatever yeah it's like you have a, a little bit to do you can look forward to something every day that's true oh there's a new house I haven't seen <laughs> yeah know. I'm like memorizing all the houses in my neighborhood I'm like okay I'm looking you know <laughs> <laughs> do you listen to music when you run or do you just go without anything? I used to not. And then, but I would only run like 3K, like really fast kind yeah. of. And yeah. then I was like, can you guys should go for longer runs and listen to me some music and see how that feels. And I've been really enjoying that. So now I'm like excited to put on like a certain song or like listen to a yeah. certain playlist. Um, so yeah, that's kind of fun. So I, I do a little bit longer runs, but like nowhere near cross country so I don't even want to talk about it <laughs> ew yeah cross country is another animal that's not fun oh, I would need like a full-length podcast for longer than mm-hmm. three miles so. I, I always say that though I'm always like oh distance runners are psycho like all this stuff and I'm over here doing seven events like it's nothing so <laughs> you're doing like 10 different things I feel like that's oh, so no. much harder um okay this is kind of a dating podcast so what are some of the craziest dms you've received like i feel like when i was in college i asked every guy like who they thought was the hottest girl and they were like georgia like if guys knew i was talking to you right now they'd be like oh my god steph i'm gonna facetime you i just have to know like what's like George's DMs, like what's the world in there? Should I go through them right now? Yes, let's just pick out the best ones. I'll just crop out silence. You know, I am a little bit disappointed at the uh, lack of originality in a lot of DMs because I was scrolling through them and they're all the same. same, Like (laughs) a lot of my beautiful girl, yeah, marry me, like stuff like that. Or like little poems and stuff. A lot of them don't speak English. Oh, yeah. Um, But I have had like, I don't know if you have this, but on your DMs, you have like all the requests and then you have like top requests. So sometimes like there'll be like celebrities like sliding into the DMs and I'm just, I don't know if I should expose them, but (laughs) the blue check marks. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay, no one knows you're in here. Like you really want me to expose you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I know. I really want to know. Yeah. 
Well, actually, okay. Well, a long time ago, I think I was a sophomore in college and I got a DM in, in class and I didn't like, oh. I had like maybe a hundred thousand followers. So like, not like crazy, crazy, but. Should you just say a hundred thousand? Yeah. Well, when I was like, just kind of getting into the track scene and like. That is so know, many. Kind of building my following. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay, I got a DM from Odell Beckham and I didn't know what? who he was. I had no idea. And so I'm like looking at this, my phone. I'm like, uh, and I say to my friend, I'm like, what's the one named Odell? Like Odell Be- Beckham, do you know him? She's like, no, I don't know him. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are, yep. Okay. Did, uh. Yeah, he gave me his number. I never texted him. What? That is crazy. Something must be wrong with me. No, I feel like nothing is wrong with you at all. <laughs> you just know what you like. It's ago. fine. <laughs> it's before his one-handed catch, so. Oh, that makes sense then. It should have been mm-hmm. after that. Then I know. the tables may have turned. But. Yeah, then maybe I would have texted him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you still have his number, though? Uh, I do have his number, but I, I doubt it's the same. It was, like, so long ago, but. Oh, yeah, that's so true. I feel like they just change them every year. They're like, hmm, yeah, gotta um, start yeah, fresh. I feel like your DMs are a, just a crazy place. Yeah. Even girls I went to college with were like, who's your girl crush? Oh, Georgia. <laughs> or like, I'd be like running at the shell and then I'd be with someone and she'd be like, oh, it's Georgia. Oh my God. She's, yeah. she's here. She's at track practice. Yeah. Oh, the oh shell. my God. The I shell. The experiences at the shell too. Like there's been moments where, um, it's so embarrassing too because my coach is there and like my teammates and stuff. Oh, and yeah. one time I have to tell you a story. It's so funny. I was, I can't remember what year it was, but there's a guy, um, he like tried to talk to me one day and I was like, dude, I'm training. Like can't really talk to you. Yeah. And so the next day I like have my stuff on the bench. We usually where we have all our stuff and then I leave to do a rep, like a run. And I come back and there's flowers sitting where my stuff was. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, no. And I don't know this guy at all. Like, he just left him there. We don't know each other whatsoever. And my coach is, like, roasting me because this guy left me flowers and he left a note, too. Oh, no. And I'm just like, not at practice. Like, that's so embarrassing. Oh. Anywhere else is totally fine. You can come to me on the street, whatever. But it's, like, the worst when, like, your teammates and your coach roast you. When yeah, you're, like, like, what are you supposed that? to say? That's so awkward. Yeah, it's not my fault. But oh. it was sweet. And, like, we – I thanked him and stuff. But I was like, next Oh, time. you saw him, like, after, after he did he it? He left, like, a note with, like, his number and everything. Oh, okay. I was like, was he just standing there? <laughs> that be yeah. kind of This is what the weird part is, is that he just left the flowers and then just, like, dipped out. I'm like – and I'm looking around the show, like, who left these? Like <laughs> – like can someone give me a ditch. Time? Yeah. yeah that is so oh guys are so shy that is so cute yeah. oh man okay so tell me about when you got sponsored by under armor when did that happen it happened like like four or five months after i graduated college which is kind of scary because i had no idea if i was going to get sponsorship or not and i had already committed to coming back to madison to train and so I'm like oh. all in hundred percent, um, paying for rent. I don't know how yet, you know, yeah. doing, paying for all this stuff without any source of income. And so 
I kind of just like hoped that I would get a sponsorship, but nothing was happening for like a period of time. And so I was in a really scary place where I was committed to something that required a lot of financial stability and didn't have any, you know, income at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's when I kind of, that was like a hard time. That's when I started like picking up just random jobs and I was like, I have to pay for it somehow. You know, I can just sit in the train and expect like, you know, my parents or whatever to pay my rent. And so I started like doing like little jobs and just like picking up for my friends or like asking people what I could do. So I did that for a little bit. And then I got an agent. That's like the first thing that you should do if you're like looking for sponsorship as an athlete or as a talent Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, Got an agent, Canadian agent. And then he started talking to different brands. I did a list of which brands I would prefer. Under Armour was at the top of my list. Mm-hmm. He, they went back and forth. I saw some contracts and then um, I was like, hey, yeah, I really like this brand. Um, the contract looked good. I liked yeah. what they wanted to pay me, you know, and then yeah. I signed it and then it kind of blew up after that. I thought I would just be handed a check and be like, good luck with your season. Yeah, but yeah. we did production days. We did commercials. We did shoots. Like, I just love how involved they are in like an athlete's life personally and like athletically. Yeah. So I've been super lucky with that brand. I'm so glad I chose it. And um, I, I, I think it's just going to go up from here. See you everywhere. And I'm like, that is so cool that it's not just like football or basketball. You know what I mean? Like they just, they, your track and they like blew you up everywhere. It's so cool. Yeah. I was not expecting that whatsoever. Like when we did the first shoot and it was for like this, it was called like a apex shoe and it was like a training shoe. Yeah. And I went to Portland to do the shoot and first of all it was like I'm used to cameras kind of yeah. like because of the track world and like competing on an international stage but this was like they followed me around for eight hours with a camera right in my face oh so my like I, I would like make a joke and be like, can you say that again and I'd be like huh it's not funny if I say it again oh my gosh oh my god that's so different. yeah it was really to. weird um so and it was really exhausting like it, it's yeah one thing to do like physical activity for that long but you're you have to be on like socially you have to like you almost have to be like an actress that whole time so you're like appealing and like you are personable and and it's sometimes you just want to like be quiet for a while or you just want to you know or um, have a resting bitch face like sometimes you just don't want to be smiling smiling the whole time like I love it (laughs) um but yeah it's it was great and like they have, they capture so much content in that eight hours. And, and sometimes they only put out like one second of it, but it's everywhere. And so I've been really happy with what they've done. I did not expect to get as much exposure from them as I had. So yeah. um, now I know what I'm in for, but that first time I was like, whoa. So, <laughs> I like yeah. 20 bucks. Yeah, yeah. That's like reality TV, honestly, just having someone follow you around doing everything. <laughs> Yeah, it really, it, it forces you to like grow up in a way that I didn't confront before. Like yeah. I, I have to do everything. I'm going to Portland by myself. I have to meet like big boss people by myself. I have oh. to, you know, tell them what I can't do anymore. And so there's, I have a couple people kind of on my team, but like it teaches you a lot of things about yourself, which I, I don't know if I would have before, you know, so yeah. it's a really good experience. Yeah, I mean, like you have an agent, but you are kind of your own businesswoman. You have mm-hmm. to kind of like advocate for yourself no matter what, even with other people helping. Yeah, there's a, 
um, I went to this convention in Baltimore with all the Under Armour athletes, like big name athletes and influencers as well. And I remember there is like a, a evening closing kind of like party thing, like social. Yeah. And uh, all of my people who represent like who represent me so my contact in ua canada and my agent and everyone they had left so i was left to go to this like party by myself oh, and i was like okay georgia this is like a real test right now like this is <laughs> this is it and it's like it was very exclusive because the um founder of under armor was there and so they had to escort me up the elevator to this um like social and oh i just gosh. remember them opening the doors and they were all eyes like just so many people and I was oh like gosh. oh my god is it too late to turn around like I've never had such <laughs> overwhelming feeling to just walk back out that door but the, those are like I don't know if you've ever had an experience like that though, but those are the experiences where you actually feel like you grow like your character right. really grows yeah you're you do something you so don't want to do but like the amount that you've learned from it is like it's it's always worth it yeah like you you just reflect back on it and you, the amount of like anxiety you feel before it is crazy. And then you're like, I'm so glad I did that. Yeah. Like, it's, I totally agree. Yeah. Okay. So like kind of going back to photo shoots and everything, since I want to make this kind of about like body image and everything, mm -hmm. did you ever struggle with body image issues being an athlete? Oh my gosh. So much. Right. And I think, I think, people don't talk about this enough because and all it's kind of like a it's always like in the back of your head for all of the girls but we never bring it up with each other and I think we should yeah especially in like our events or whatever um but I think it was my freshman year of course like in the freshman 15 because everyone does yeah <laughs> drinking <laughs> yes drinking Food. and and the cafeteria in the joke and stuff like that yeah and I just thought and I, I remember my parents being like mm, mm, you're looking a little bigger there and I was like it's all muscle it's all muscle like yeah. I just thought it was muscle it was not muscle <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I remember like being super super insecure about it because I was wondering why I wasn't getting better and I wasn't really confronting myself and my body changing mm -hmm. and sometimes it's okay to change like it's okay if I gain that that uh weight and then realize, okay, this isn't the body that's working for me, you mm -hmm. know? And it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's not healthy. It doesn't mean that it wouldn't work for somebody else. Yeah. It's just, I think everyone has to understand like what weight or what body, whatever image you, you want, what works for you and what you feel the happiest at. And that's, yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. And for me, I think that's maybe a bit bigger than a lot of the other heptathletes. Like sometimes I would be at like, 140 when a lot of the girls would be at like 125 competing oh my gosh but I would compete better at 140 than 125 yeah so it, it's all about what you feel is your best resource and what you can use as a tool to do the best that you can yeah. and especially for me in sport they always say like muscle weighs more than fat I mean it is more dense so it does like you can look so different at 125 of muscle and 125 without muscle. So that's why like, yeah. I agree with what you're saying, how you feel is so much more important than weighing yourself. Yeah. It really is just a number. I think like you just have to, and if you look good, like if you think that you, like if you're more toned than you've ever been, but you weigh more, I think that's what gets in my head or like yeah. everyone's head. 
Yeah. I was like five pounds heavier, but I look so much more toned. Yeah. It's possible. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Like you could be super lean and weigh more than you did when you weren't lean at all. I experienced that too. But I, I like what you said about like some girls were 140, some girls were 125, Mm -hmm. but like for you and for other people that are 140 or whatever above 125, you, your body probably wouldn't, it'd be like fatigued if you tried to get down to a lower weight. You know what I mean? Like our bodies know what they need. And I feel like if you don't feed them and fuel them, your performance would slip too. So like, was there a point in your running career where you realized that eating less made you perform less? Like, did that ever happen? Yeah, it was actually right after I gained that weight in um, freshman year. I was like, whoa, I need to to see, like, I'm obviously not performing well at this weight. I should see what happens when I lose weight to see if I perform better. Yeah. So I tried that, lost too much weight, of course, because <laughs> yep. I'm an extremist. You're and like then, me, yep. <laughs> and so I, I probably went down to like one, maybe just over 130, like 135, 134-ish. And um, I could not throw the shot put whatsoever. So I was maybe like high jumping well, but there's also throws in my event. Like there's the shot put in the javelin. And so I didn't have any power. I was just all lean muscle. So maybe like the 800 and the high jump were good, but the throws are part of the tap on. And so I, I, I realized that I need to be well-rounded in everything. Um, And so I found a weight like around 140 is perfect for me. Right. Um, even though I don't really weigh myself, I'm yeah. so in tune with my body that I know when I'm like 140. Yeah. Um, and, and I always compete the best at that, at that weight. So it took me maybe three years to figure that out. I yeah. think I was like a junior going to senior year where I was like, okay, I finally feel okay with myself and I don't have to keep checking up on my weight. Yeah. So. I feel like there is a happy like there's a happy place for everyone's body where you can eat and enjoy food and still be active and perform well. And I feel like trying to fight it all the time is just exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, And like a running PR or a squat PR to me, that's like so much more gratifying than Mm -hmm. being like, Oh, I lost three pounds. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you brought, like if you had a new PR in the 800, that'd be like, Oh my god, I hate the eight hundred. By the way, but if you, like that's just so much more gratifying than anything else. Like performances, oh, it's yeah, yeah, way more. Um, so have you ever had pressures from people like coaches and or families or even followers on social media about like how your body looks? Like, have you ever gotten people commenting on that? I mean, I'm sure in a positive way, but like, no, you know what I mean. Sometimes it's oh. The thing is, like, I am confident enough in my body now that if they do make that comment, I'm just like, whatever, you yeah. know, but I wouldn't have always been like that for sure. It takes a long time to get to where I am. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, my mom is so honest with me and sometimes I wish she wasn't, but <laughs> it's probably a good thing because yeah. when I didn't really gain that weight and it wasn't good for my body or my athletic career, she was the one to tell me and then I needed to snap out of it, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So, but sometimes I'm just like, mom, I know like today I just want to eat some candy. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't want you to like yes, say that I look here because yes. of it, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, it's good and bad, but on social media, it can be like, sometimes it's not even 
how, how I actually weigh. Sometimes it's an angle or sometimes oh, it yeah. like maybe the way that what I'm wearing like shapes my body or something like that. And um, now I kind of just, I mean, I don't know if you've seen on any of my comments, but I, I like to just like pick fun at it or like make fun of myself because that's the easiest way. Like if you're going to yeah. be defensive about haters or whatever, it never goes well no. so if someone's like oh you look like you gained weight and I I just say yeah I ate too many cookies like you know I love that, that. <laughs> yeah what are they gonna say to that okay. yeah or someone's so like bored. are you pregnant and I was like no I'm just chunky like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bloated it'll go away yeah. in three hours <laughs> so it's like if you just embrace it like I'm not everyone's gonna look perfect every day so no. I, I think <sighs> it's just the best when you do that because then other people start to love your body too like if you love your body then other people are going to so That's so true. I feel like mm-hmm. if you act like if you don't act like you're trying to hide anything and you're just like super open about where your body is and how it performs and how you're really happy in that stage, like your followers are going to be accepting of that. And if they aren't, I mean, of course there's some bad apples, but that's like gotta be hard though, being in the public eye and just, especially, you know, as an athlete and not just like anything else. Like, I mean, your body is what gives you the power to be the athlete that you are. Mm -hmm. So like being in the public eye with that is tough, but that's, I'm like glad you got to a place where you can just kind of go along with it and make fun with them and mm-hmm. they go away eventually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I'm obviously going to get hate on my posts. Like not everyone, it's not always like, so freaking positive, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, as much as I'd like it to be. <laughs> yeah. But people, um, yeah, but you know, people just to like kind of circle around and wrap up the body image part of this. Um, what advice do you have to younger girls and just women our age and any age that like to exercise, love to feel good, but still struggle with body image issues? Yeah. Um, I think the best advice that I would say is to be patient with yourself because I think everyone wants something right now. Like if you want to be skinny, you want it right now. Or if you want to be powerful, you want it immediately. And it takes time to make those changes. It takes time to figure out what works for you. For me, that was like my third year in college. And so it might be sooner than that for some girls. It might be later than that for some girls. Um, But don't get frustrated if you don't have the results you want immediately. Um, and you can, you can experiment. Like maybe if you want to try and put on muscle and see how that works for you, or if you want to up the endurance training and see how that works for you, it's a good time when you're young to see, to kind of experiment and play around with what you think works for you. And you'll definitely find, find what you feel most comfortable in, what body you feel most comfortable in. And then you'll get to a point where, where I feel like I'm at where you're confident and you feel like you're so in tune with your body that you don't need to step on the scale at all. Um, so I think that would be that's a good place to start when you're young. Yeah. Like being your body's best friend too, not yeah. speaking to it. Like it's your worst enemy. I feel like you have to be yeah. on your side. Mm-hmm. And you're not like you, a lot of people think that they're just trapped in this one body, but like you, there's so many different things that you can do. If you want to see what it's like to, you know, gain a few pounds and go ahead. Yeah. You, yeah. You know? like, it's, I think a lot of people get so overwhelmed because they're so scared of what other people see and they're so scared of what they see in the mirror, but mm-hmm. everything is in your control, you know? Yeah. And so if you want to live a healthy lifestyle or if you, you want to eat that cookie, like 
it's not the worst it's thing your choice world, you know? yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have choices mm-hmm. um okay so i do this segment called destroyed to divine so basically what's a time in your life where you kind of felt at the lowest point and like you wanted to quit and it could have been like a super bad breakup it could have been mm-hmm. getting fired or it could have been getting cut by a team or something but then how that in itself like made you want to be better and then ended up putting you in a new place that you never thought you'd be in. Do you have an Mm -hmm. example of that? Yeah, definitely. Maybe the first wave of it was like coming to the U.S. and not knowing that it would be so different than like going to school in Canada Mm -hmm. and not knowing like maybe the people would be a little bit different or um, the university is so big and um, there's so much focus on athletics and living a college lifestyle and how to balance that that was hard at first but I would say the hardest time for me in the last like maybe five years was my senior year in college I think 2017 I experienced like my first real injury and it was uh like a muscle strain in the side of my foot and so I registered the season and I was also in like a bad relationship where I felt like I, I always felt like insecure. And I think it was probably like past trauma, obviously, like every girl has. Oh my gosh. We all have trust issues from past trauma. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I'm so scared to get hurt because I've been yes. hurt before. Yes. Stuff like that. And so I'm in this relationship after a relationship where I did get hurt. And I'm always like really paranoid, protective of myself because yeah. of that. And so I was injured, so I didn't have uh, my sport to really release that energy. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of the time I spent like thinking that I'm not good enough in track and I'm also not good enough in my relationship. Yeah. And so I was like, what, what am I useful for right now? Like, what, <sighs> is, what can I put my energy into where I feel like I'm worth a lot? Yeah. And um, I think in my relationship, it was even worse because I didn't have track. So I was like trying to find that affirmation in a relationship that wasn't going to give it to me. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, that was like a really hard time. And I obviously had good support, like my, my mom, my family, and some of my friends back home are like really supportive. Yeah. So it was like good to kind of, to, to have them as my backbone, but Um, yeah, that was the first time for a long time in my life where I actually like didn't feel like I was like good enough just in any aspect of my life. Yeah. Like I didn't have like a hobby where I was like, wow, I'm really good at this. You're like, wow, I'm so below average at like everything right now. That's literally. And and you like put your, when you're at that point, you literally put yourself at like such a low standard and Mm -hmm. you start less from people and you start and so just everything just like lowers and then that's so true hard to get out of that because Mm -hmm. you're like how do I confront something how do I shift my mindset to begin thinking better of myself now like how am I supposed to just change that in like a blink of an eye yeah and so I did I went to like like a lot of sports therapy sessions I went to just regular therapy sessions at like with UW Um, I love therapy yeah and I never I was like I'm so tough I don't know same same (laughs) no but then I'm just in my room crying like maybe I do need to talk to (laughs) (laughs) somebody but you were also used to like 
having something to put your energy into. Like if I have a really crappy mental health day, working out is great for that. But if you're injured, like I've been in that position where you're like, what do I do with myself right now? Like I have nowhere to put that energy and that like pain, you know what I mean? That's exactly it. And that's when you start thinking those negative thoughts. You're like, wow, I can't do anything. I'm so Mm -hmm. worthless. That's all you think. Identity crisis. Mm -hmm. And I always, before that, I was always such a confident person and like, maybe not confident, but I didn't have things that were like putting me down 24 seven. Right. Right. And so I was like, okay, Jordan, you need to get out of this one way or another. And so I ended the relationship because I was like, that's one thing I can control. And it was at that point where I I put all the blame on me because I was like, at that point, I can't tell him that he's not giving me enough. You know, you're like me. You're too nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so I was like, look, like I have this stuff that I need to figure out and all that. Mm -hmm. And so that was good. It was hard, but it was, it was a good decision. And then I recovered from my injury. And so I was like, Hey, now I have something to work with. Even if it's not like, it's at the very raw stages of what it could do. But it's like something that that uh, I can use as a resource again to, to build, like something. Yeah, to yeah. like physical therapy, and like you know, you get better every week. It's just something to put your mind at ease. Yeah, and I don't have someone else that I'm trying to find happiness in at all. Yeah, I'm like, hey, if I'm gonna be happy. It's all on me now. I mm-hmm. can't ask someone else to do that. Yeah, I think I started brainstorming all the things that I could do to make myself better. I started writing in a journal, just like one good thing about myself like a day that's awesome. or like something that I felt good about myself I started training harder getting healthy and then that year I, 2018 one day I went to practice when I was injured and this just put icing on the cake for when I felt oh. the worst like rock bottom my coach pulled me over from the track and he said um what are you doing and I was like because I had my ankle taped he's like what are you doing and I was like well I'm, I'm practicing he's like well you're injured and I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, I don't know what else to do. And he was like, you know, you're not going to get anywhere, right? And I was like, what? And he's like, you're, you can't get it. You're not going to get sponsored with 6,000 points, which is what my PB was at the, at the oh time. Oh, my gosh. You only think you're good because you're from Canada. What? And, I, I was, and, <gasps> I, and I really care about my coach, and he really cares about me. Mm-hmm. And this is his way to kind of motivate me. But this time it went a little too far. Right, because you were and already down, too. I was so down. Yeah. I was like how am I supposed to be motivated? I can't take anymore. Yeah. <laughs> can't do anything. Yeah. And so, um, he was kind of just like, uh, yeah, like good luck getting anywhere. Like you're not good enough. And so I went back to the locker room and called my mom. I was like, what do I do? Do I just quit? Like all this stuff. And, um, so I just boycotted practice for a while. I was like, I'm not going to practice if my coach yeah. doesn't believe in me. If like, he's the one that's like supposed to be training that's me. That's supposed to, get better to be true. Training. Yeah. Got my ish together, like did all this like researching on other athletes, seeing how they got out of a bad place, seeing that everyone has failed at some point in their life, whether they oh, yeah. be an athlete or not. Everyone has failed. And like the only reason they're better is because they have failed, yeah. which was so reassuring to me because then I realized I was like, okay, I'm at the worst point. And I was like, if I'm at the worst point right now, like imagine me next year. Exactly. Or imagine when I'm like, get out of this. And so that's when you can actually put in the work to, to get to that point. And so I was like so determined after that. And, um, in 2018 trained hard, kind of just held that against my coach a little bit. Cause I was like, you'll see, you'll see yeah. that I'm good enough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so that was the year that I won NCAAs and I scored 6,200 points. 
and that next so year and I almost wanted to say to him I was like you thought that I could score only 6,000 points and I was like I don't think you know my limits and I don't oh. think I you know no. and so it's just it's nice to know that if you're even at the worst point in your life mm-hmm. you you have the the tools to get yourself out of it it's just learning how to use them yeah and I I think that's where a lot of people go wrong they they don't think they are capable of getting themselves out of it. They mm-hmm. think that things around them are happening to them and they don't have the control to get themselves out of it. So it's just being strong-willed and, and finding it mentally to, to be able to make that choice to confront what you're going through. Yes. If that makes sense. No, that's so true. It's like external locus of control. Like you think everything controls what happens in your life. And that's why I love this segment because it's like if you pictured yourself saying this right now to Georgia in the locker room crying after her coach said that, Mm -hmm. like you would not believe like where you would be right now Mm -hmm. and like how far you've come. That's why it's so cool. Cause it's like, you might think everything is over and it's not just got to keep. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And it it was crazy because I remember after, after I won the NCAAs in 2018, um, my coach and my parents were kind of like, why aren't you emotional? Like you should be so emotional. And I was like, no, I'm just happy. But then I got emotional like a week, two weeks after oh, because yeah. I started reflecting on all the stuff that I did to get to that point. And that's what made me emotional because I was like, wow, this like took a long journey. Yeah. It and, was like, the journey. Be emotional in that moment. But that, that moment is like, so it's backed up by like a whole journey, you know, and yeah. a lot of people don't see the behind the scenes stuff. That's so true with track too. Cause it's like such a stage where you literally perform and it's like yeah. done so quickly and it's years of practice and hard work going into it. So I could see how that would take a while to like yeah, come to grasp with. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. We'll play a quick little game and then you probably want to go eat dinner. Cause if you're any, <laughs> I'm like, I have to eat dinner early cause I'm always hungry. Um, yeah. No, after this. <laughs> okay. We'll play. Would you rather? Would you rather date an athlete or an artist? Or an artist? Yeah. I didn't know for you. I was like, I feel like this could go both ways for her. You know, I have dated athletes, so I think I might go with the artist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, she's pretty creative and she's good at art. Mm-hmm. I like to see, I like like different passions. Like he's still passionate because he's an artist and I'm yeah. passionate because I'm an athlete, but we don't have to talk about it athletics all the time yeah exactly you don't have to compete what about you annoying oh I've always been into athletes but I honestly think I've realized they kind of (laughs) suck no I feel you someone gotta say it (laughs) yeah they just not a lot of depth but like an artist would be so refreshing I just need someone with a little more emotional intelligence yeah um yeah yeah. would you (laughs) rather run hurdles as an event for the rest of your life or 800 that's oh, the only event you run throw that one away I know it's so bad but I would be a better 800 runner I think so it's hard because do I want to succeed or do yeah. I want to run pain-free always <laughs> I mean they're both painful they're, hurdles is so hard I don't even know why you do I don't I think I would honestly like if I had to actually choose I'd probably pick the 800 because I would have more potential in that in the hurdles like girls run so fast in the hurdles I think I could actually like train to You're be so fast in hurdles, though. these girls run like a second faster than me and I 
I mean, I could get a little bit better, but I don't know if I could yeah. get like that caliber better. And I think with the 800, I have more to work with. Yeah. So okay. I'm based on reality. <laughs> yeah. The 800 too, I feel like is something that the harder you train for, you can incrementally get enough better. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. I, yeah. Okay. Would you rather live next to your ex for 10 years or have terrible in-laws the rest of your life? Mm, I live next to my ex because if they're my ex, like it's like mm, exactly. <laughs> okay, me too. Okay, <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah, that's they're done. They're back. Yeah. Um. Not your business. <laughs> never wear makeup again, or never be able to pick out your own outfits again. Oh, oh that's so hard. I How'd know. I don't know. I was just thinking today. I'm like, I don't know what one I'd rather do. Or never pick out, you know, I don't really like picking out my own outfits anyways, but I like, I like, like a certain style though. So that's like, yeah. are you the same? Honestly, I'm the same where I like, I feel like I don't have style. Yeah. Everyone like says I do, but I feel like I don't. And I feel like I'd pick makeup. Yeah. Maybe makeup too. Would you rather live in a cabin in the middle of the woods, not even near a city, so far away from civilization? Or live downtown in a city of like four million people in an apartment. So I would pick the city right now because I'm young. Okay. Yeah. I'm I sure. would pick the cabin when I'm like sixty. Yeah, I feel like four million people when you're sixty would not be fun. Well, and like there's opportunity in the city and there's like people, you can meet people, build connection. Yeah. When you're young, you want, like, opportunity. But I feel yeah. like when you're old, you kind of, like, get me away from everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I am now an introvert. I don't yeah. care what happened in my 20s. <laughs> but we can save the cabin for later. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> we can allow that. Okay, last one. Speak to animals or hear everyone else's thoughts. Animals, 100%. No, I knew you'd pick the that. same? Yeah. Because I don't yeah. want to hear what other people think. It's, it's nope. terrible. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah, I feel that. Even if I had a choice, I think I'd just cut and, like, not do it. Same. I'm like, can I get a surgery to remove that, like, <laughs> yeah. gift I have? I don't want it. Exactly. <laughs> okay, well, this was so fun. Um, yeah. What's your Instagram handle? Pimp yourself out. Even um, though you have a million followers. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for shouting me out. It no is uh, George, G-E-O-R-G-E underscore A-H-H-H. So pronounced George underscore ah. <laughs> I said, so that's Georgia for everyone that doesn't get it. That's yeah, so Georgia. clever. I love that. You could probably change it to your real name though. And they would like give it to you, wouldn't they? Uh, I think so, but it's just been, I'm so scared to change my handle because it's been like that forever. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because now people talk to me and they say, are you George Ah? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to live with that. George Ah? I'm from Canada, <laughs> but I don't pronounce it like that. <laughs> That's so funny. So, yeah. Okay. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, I am so happy you did this. This was fun. Also, thank if you're you. ever in Madison or you moved to San Diego, let me know because yeah, I'll let you know about San Diego. Yeah, that would be fun. I want okay. someone to kick my ass on the track. <laughs> we'll do workouts together. Yeah.